I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Yeah, and you that dropping can, your voice. That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> What about like brushing your teeth and you're really tired and you really don't want to brush your teeth. And what's the point of doing like making yourself do that? Do you really feel like a bad person if you don't do that? Like those are moments that we beat ourselves up for later. It's like those things that you do that there isn't any, it's not just that there's no immediate gratification anyway. It's that there's like real slow burn conceptual thing like i mean what i'm thinking is like short of like feeling that like little film on your teeth or like smelling your breath <laughs> maybe like you might not notice like the yeah. impacts like what i and a side note i just went to the dentist after a really long time not going to the dentist so i have like ooh, i have we got we got a little water pick going on now i mean we're going to town taking care of these gums and these teeth but point is is <laughs> points is like until like like yeah like until you know the consequences years down the road like i'm thinking of like 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 the effects of diet or exercise on you know your body across time like those things that like yes of course there's also some short-term things but like you don't necessarily see what the reward is because you're avoiding something too if that makes sense like you're not it's it's like how to put it it's like when if you do brush your teeth every day let's say you you don't actually know how many cavities you saved yourself from does that make sense yes okay it's preventative you like you can't see what you save when you do preventative things yes it's, so like you don't I mean, even know what past you did for future you and like, I guess unless you think of it that way, baby. <laughs> well, unless every time you're brushing your teeth, you're like, I got you future dentist me. I'm not going to let you down. I'm brushing every night. And then all of a sudden it can make sense. I, I can't be motivated like that. But maybe if you can, like, do it. I, th I think for me, it's just part of my, like, there's lots of decisions that I don't want to have to make. And like, a lot of those I just outsource into rituals. The things that you can do in your sleep. <gasps> it's the decisions that get so, so tricky. Like, oh my gosh, do you really yes. need one more minute of sleep? No. Welcome to the world of pain. I don't want to get up. I mean, it's just, it's a part of, it's a part of everything that we have to do. And I'm smiling when I say that mm -hmm. because it's part of our strengths. Wait, say that again. The fact that we can deal with this much pain helps us understand and want to prevent other people from either experiencing pain or find ways to not like our ways of looking at accommodations or things differently because of what we've experienced. I'm willing to bet the person that figured out like the last intervention that made lines go faster hated lines. You know, I think that it's part of the story of who we are. Um, like we're, we're the reason the world has become more efficient. <laughs> 
I'm willing to bet. Like I'm not at hard. Like I'm willing to bet. Like when we're thinking about a lot of technology and like how it's been innovated, it's like I bet there's some guy sitting on bed going, God, one day I'm just gonna have this thing that can bring a donut to me when I hit a button. And like in order to do that, they're gonna have to figure out Wi-Fi switches and how to do these X-ray things. And okay, here's the code to make like automatic locks. I don't really care about that. It's on my way to get a donut machine. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what makes these ADHD impulses happen, but I really do mean like if you are tested in fire all the time, mm-hmm. that does things. Not yeah. always. Like I want to. Like we can always talk to the negative stuff, and I want to make sure I'm, I'm acknowledging there's negative stuff to like, like sucks experiencing rejection. It sucks making mistakes. It sucks not being perfect. It sucks feeling found out. Like none of that stuff is great. But our ability to like creatively think outside of the box because of what we've had to struggle with our whole life is like an ingredient that like I don't want to ever surrender. Oh yeah. Sorry, that's just like hitting me a little bit in like the warm fuzzies. I don't know. I I don't know how to explain it, but well like I'm gonna try. It's almost like there's like you you saying that feels like it expressed compassion to like a part of me that I don't know ever received that message before like because how to put it like i mean you hear that a lot right like and and i side note it's something like oh my gosh could we go down a whole side tangent about like you know i think it exists a bit as like both a myth and a helpful tool but also sometimes a harmful tool in trauma work of like you know what you survived made you more resilient and it's like yeah but you could have been great without that if not yeah i didn't need to the crater in the park but like you know yeah yeah i I can make it into a slide yeah so 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 not saying that exactly but saying instead like i i guess i just don't realize until you said that i don't know that i gave myself credit for doing that i think I mean, and maybe this is like ADHD or maybe this is just like a thing, but I think I have a tendency to assign all the, the, maybe the strengths parts to luck or chance. Whereas I assign a lot of the, oh, I screwed ups and it's my mistakes and it's my shame and my blames to me. And that happens a ton. I mean, we're talking about like anything. So anytime something kind of goes well, or I actually can look back and like, oh, I handle that situation well. I swear, I think it's been like a long journey to even reach a point where I can even use the word I to describe Mm -hmm. it instead of going, oh my gosh, David, I got so lucky. Versus, wait a minute, there are some things inside that have, you know, through a blast furnace like a like one of those diamonds they make in canada or whatever (laughs) there's a process that has and certain things that i've had to learn to do that then connect to maybe my ability to have handled a situation a certain way or my ability to does that make sense yes okay it's what you're saying is that just me i feel no it is not (laughs) just you it's just in my head It's not just you and you're speaking for a lot of people right now who were five minutes ago thinking like, what are you talking about, David? Like, it is so hard to acknowledge how our strengths are coming from the same places that our vulnerabilities are coming from. It's so hard to see those things as strengths. We say things like I got lucky or they just missed it or they don't really know or I got away with something. 
we're not ever refining the kinds of skills that we need to be able to get away with something. <laughs> like we think about it in a very different way because we don't work like other people. We don't fit that Norman Rockwell image of like, you know, what studying looks like or, you know, what family dinners look like or whatever that thing is. We do things differently. And it, there's like, there's a serious part of me, like I, I've since, you know, changed in, in my life, but there was a part of me that was ashamed of the fact that I could get ready for like a 10 minute presentation for school the night before ashamed of it. Yeah. I thought if I was really a good student, I would have practiced every night for 20 minutes yeah. all the time. Never mind the A that I got or mm -hmm. the fact that I was able to make it interesting or that my energy made it move a little bit faster or the tone of my voice was a little more engaging. All of those pieces are ADHD. Like, never mind all of that stuff. I'm just going, who got away with it? They don't know how hard I didn't try because I'm not validating how often I thought about it and got anxious and didn't do anything. I'm not thinking about all the ideas I had, the weeks that everyone else was studying and I was thinking I was a terrible person and if I was gonna write it, I would write it about this. None of those thoughts I counted as studying because I thought they were dumb, anxious thoughts because I didn't take action on them. Never mind, I got the thing done and I got a good grade. I was still a fraud because it was different. And- Oh, David. Right? But I wanna reframe it. It's like, now when I look at it in this really balanced way, right? It's like, these are all ingredients to who we are. And in the world, like in, the, in a greater world, like you're not in trouble for finishing fast. I was fearful if I finished quick, people thought I didn't try hard enough or I could yeah. do more. Or and, I, I lived yeah. in fear that someone would think, and this is so funny because I think I have this complex too about like truth telling around the same thing because I, I, I convinced myself someone would think I cheated. Because, you know, someone like some kid in class once was like, there's no way you did it in time. Like you must have gotten the answers or something. And then I continually lived in fear that like if I didn't pretend it took me longer or pretend that I struggled with it in a different way, then that would be the like I'd be falsely accused. And my fear of being falsely accused like still haunts me Yes. So there are times where you know the answer, but you're like, I'm not sure who else knows. Cause like, you don't want to be seen as the person that like cheated or did it all. And like, this is the part that I want to speak to all of us. It's like, we, we encounter so much pain. We don't need any help seeing the fault of our actions. You know, we don't yeah. like, I don't really don't need someone telling me how I let them down or why I failed. Like I'm really good at doing that. But I think I need and we all need someone reminding us what we're good at. Yeah. What what our ADHD is helping. Like every person that I that I work with and that I know personally, you know, vocationally, whatever, we're used to calling out ADHD behavior as an explanation for something that's not going right. And I'm I just want to implore all of us to really think about like calling out ADHD behavior in things that would not be happening that are excellent if it weren't for the person's ADHD. Oh my gosh, yes. There's so much pain, let's actually honor the great things. Oh my gosh, sorry, I'm having like a very, like a very real reckoning in my inner psyche right now. I'm even thinking, and this is tangent, but connects. So I was hanging out with like a new, a new friend this morning at the park um, with one of my kids and I managed to, in the span of whatever, this hour hangout or more, 
I had a little snack bag and I had some snacks and then I also had an additional cup of tea. And what proceeded to happen was like a sitcom where I put the bag down on one side of the playground, you know, 10 minutes later, I remember about the tea. So I cross and I find the tea, I pick up the tea, I leave it somewhere else. And then the whole time my kid is climbing and doing things and like really pushing, you know, their amazing boundaries. And so I left the tea on top of the slides and on top of the, like, and and no point in time, I, this tea took two hours to be consumed. And, and it was, <laughs> and, and, and every time I had this flustery, where is it? Where is it kind of thing? And that's before when you're talking about the things you can't stand. I think my the thing that drives me up the wall is I'm always convinced somebody moved it. <laughs> I am always, David, I don't understand what this is about, but it is always that somebody moved it. That is how it feels in my head. I remember when I watched like a beautiful mind, maybe this is a strange example, but you know, like that, like that realization of, oh my gosh, to a person experiencing hallucinations, it is the same as reality. It's not like, oh, like a floaty bubble. Like, no, that is reality. That is how real it is. This is how real my delusion that people pop into the scene and move things are because that is how shoddy my working memory is. It's like it is missing that film strip. And so it literally feels like I put it right there and then flash. Can I start right here? Can I start right here? Like, that's not a delusion. Somebody (laughs) did move it. Wait, think about this for a second. Somebody did move it. It was you. And you didn't remember moving it because you didn't make a memory because you're doing 10 other things. It's like the whole thing is accurate. <laughs> oh my gosh, Steve, this is amazing. That's so true. It's like memento or something. It's like, yeah, it's it turtles all the way down. Yeah. Uh, it was me. You're right. Someone did. <laughs> this isn't where I last remember it being. Like, think about how normal that is. Like, you remember where it was, and it's and somewhere along the way, you did some really good parenting to make sure, like, your child didn't die on the on, the, on like somewhere, you know. And all of a sudden, somebody moved that mug. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh David, that's also so hilarious and. You are accurate as AF. <laughs> that is exactly who moved it every single time. Oh, that I gotta, I gotta get that tattooed. That's like somebody moved. <laughs> yes, somebody did move it. It was you. Just like any time, just look down and remind myself. Literally memento style. If anyone hasn't seen Memento, it's an oldie but a goodie. I highly recommend. Anyway, put it in the show notes. Point. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. But okay, so for real. Like the reason I'm using this example is that I out loud to this person I'm just getting to know, like, and I I kind of like, for whatever reason, I think because I'm, you know, maybe the podcaster, like the work we do and working with you and other amazing colleagues who are so open, I feel like I tell people like a lot more often, oh, ADHD. And usually like I realize over time it is much less like a, vulnerability thing it's more like oh yeah like i'm trying to normalize it and i'm trying to make this a safe conversation for you too if you want to talk about it but point is is i mentioned something and what i realize is that usually i would say something to the effect of oh excuse me and my adhd like you're gonna see that i cannot do everything simultaneously but i'm also like really kind of easygoing about it 
inside I'm losing my mind, but I've learned to present and I've learned to like, just be kind of like, it's all good. And I think that kind of vibe is a huge ADHD strength. Yes. That I don't know that I ever realized I even had, because in my head, I live as such a, I think in my head, I'm such a high strung human because it feels like I have to walk on tight ropes all the time to manage so many of these things. But I think the way it comes across is like more like chill and comical. Because oh, this yeah. person was more like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. You know, like they, they, there was nothing about, I think, what I was doing that read as I was panicking. But every single time I'm like, who moved the, the tea? <laughs> you know? Wait, wait, but let's, let, let's honor the process, right? Like, yeah. how upset are you with other people if they make, make, make mistakes around you? Oh, I'm like... <laughs> Never, right? I am maybe even forgiving to a fault. Right. It will take so much for me to even start to consider, first of all, bad, like bad intention. And then so, second uh, of all, uh -huh. like that it wasn't still could be explained by context. Of, yes. Do you never. realize that is an existential superpower? And I'm going to just make sure I say this again, because <laughs> while you're sitting there going, what the heck? I'm watching your face kind of like pause. Yeah. Isabel is saying specifically, and I'm agreeing, I'm very similar to you, Isabel, and I think a lot of ADHD people, we don't want to ever make other people feel bad. We make more mistakes before breakfast than other people make all year. If I can make you feel better off a mistake you just made, like, I feel better. But I'm going to beat myself up. But, like, you making a mistake, I'll find every reason in the book why it's okay, why I don't think any less of you, truly. Yeah. Why I can preserve your self-esteem and your integrity. And it's not even like I'm doing backflips. I'm like, well, you know, the time change did happen three weeks ago. And there was recently a flight. And after that flight, the luggage was lost. And the luggage was lost. You missed breakfast. And that's probably why you missed this thing. Like, I can give every reason in the book to someone else because I'm trying to, like, protect them, right? But how much time do we even spend turning that focus on ourselves when we make this? Oh, David, that's a real truth bomb. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, why? Yes, but I could, I could see, you know, I could see, it's interesting because part of what my head is now spinning around is that idea of like it being a superpower, an existential superpower, and that idea of how sometimes, I mean, in a lot of schools of thought, and I know a lot of like different um, practices and even like spiritual faith you know, ideas, again, that I kind of, you know, on a cursory level can like say, I know, um, talk a lot about like, you know, not taking it personally, or not, you know, kind of getting into your own head or your own ego. It's not like somebody meant to hurt you, you know, like you kind of try to create like some kind of witness to the thing versus being in the thing. And it just struck me that like, yeah, in a way that that is that sort of connected, like that way that you can kind of go, oh, yeah, I give you the benefit of the doubt or actually, hey, you know, no shame in this game. We're, we're, we're all humans. We're all humans. Like that that is something that I could say, yes, again, maybe to a fault, but definitely I do think that is carried by a lot of folks that I can think of who have ADHD, myself it's, maybe included. Right. Well, it, but like, of course, we go to a fault, but like. I think that's an interesting articulation because we would never tell someone looking first with that lens is a problem. Right. And I think like our ability to, to remove pain in the absence of more information is impressive, especially as it pertains to like 
relationships that we might have or anyone else might have. Mm. And I think that we have superpowers connected to different parts of what our ADHD helps us with or hurts us with. Like I've seen superpowers and like, like for me, um, a lot of folks have like real deficits in working memory with like ADHD. It's a big, it's a big, big issue. I don't know what happened, but like things stick to my brain and they don't leave and I can see things once or twice and they're permanently there. Do I remember <laughs> what I just said? No, not really. But the random fact I just observed got like, it's in my head forever. Like most polar bears are left-handed. The original color of Coca-Cola was green. Like most Rolls Royces per capita in 1992, I think was like Hong Kong. I don't know why I remember these things. They were on a screen once that I looked at and thought, that's interesting. It's like, <gasps> it, that's a part of the superpower. Yes. It's, it, 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 we have to acknowledge that all, I know people that can like recite movies verbatim to the character. I mean, like. Oh my like, gosh, that's like Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Superpowers. Yes. To be able to have the focus and attention to do that or to not have the delay of gratification or response call skills to think about the real injury you just experienced by a person's failure. And you could be the healing that they need by being forgiving and being okay. This is magic. And it's not all bad. And I think like when we go to creativity, when we go to like problem solving ability, like not avoiding problems, we're not good at that. Right. But like problem solving, we're much better at. Mm. And I think that like there's, there's a part of like who we are that like, I think needs to be fed a little bit. And in and, like, in, can I just can I just do one little thing like going into the philosophy thing like just one little thing it's it's been on my brain a lot this week. Yes, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. No, to no. say something because I'm so, so in, I'm so intrigued Kierkegaard. by what you're about to say. Please do. I'm going to do it like Kierkegaard. I've been on a Kierkegaard kick. Um, my brother like really liked Kierkegaard, and so I'm trying to get into the work and understand it more. And Kierkegaard really talked about anxiety in a really complex way. And the main test that, that I'm really understanding as I'm reading Kierkegaard is like, he's really focused on you knowing yourself, like mm -hmm. knowing your values, knowing your morals, knowing what you stand for, what you want, not judging it, not letting society tell you what that needs to be. Mm -hmm. The more comfortable you are with your stuff, the more of like, the more you're going to know what to do in life. And I'm, I'm going, I don't know if you understand, man, ADHD people, we got lots of impulses. Like, come on, Kierkegaard, you better come correct or, you know, bring something more. <laughs> and Kierkegaard brought more. Mm -hmm. He talks about this thing, this freedom, that with freedom, you have anxiety. And Kierkegaard talked about freedom in terms of opportunities, things you could do in a given moment. Now, wow, as an ADHD person, I have a lot of freedom. Things that I could do in a given moment. How do I pick what to do? And that's where, like, Kierkegaard starts talking about, and, like, you know, I think paralysis by analysis getting stuck mm. by so many options. Mm -hmm. And so when you're feeling stuck by so many options, like how the heck do you pick something? Yes. And I was working, you know, and I was working like back at the, at the, you know, the old place where I work, Kelly was talking to me and like, you have two really good ideas. I'm like, yeah. Like, which one do you say first? I'm like ah, the one that comes to mind first. And I just said it. And they're like, that's not really a strategy in my brain. I thought like, no, it's a great strategy. And I couldn't articulate it until I read Kierkegaard now. Mm -hmm. And what Kierkegaard really says is, he comes from more of a religious place than, than I'm inferring in, in like, you know, this, but Kierkegaard says in order to pick when you have freedom of options is through a leap of faith. And he doesn't mean leap of faith quickly, like, or like, like the way we mean it nowadays, like nowadays leap of faith is more like, 
well, there's no parachute. This certainly isn't going to work, but oh, well, leap of faith. Let's try it. Like, that's not what he was intending when he was saying leap of faith, right? Mm -hmm. He's really talking about a leap of faith based on who you are. Because once you know yourself and you can say things like, I'm a good person. I like helping people. I don't want to hurt people. I do like laughing. I don't like inside all the time. Now I can use those truths to start making it very easy to select. While I might have 30 options in front of me, four might fit that criteria. And now we get stuck like in the ADHD place, which one of those four? And this is where Kierkegaard goes, yeah, take the leap of faith, do it, try it. Do the one of those four. If it doesn't work, don't do that again. Figure out why it didn't work, do the next thing. Because we always progress by getting to know ourselves by the decisions we make, not by the decisions we make perfectly. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever had that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of, and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.